the Woodside Church Podcast. Hello everyone, this is the last in our series, A Season of Hope, and today I'm going to be sharing a message entitled Hope, the Message of Christmas. Now, of course, most of us know the story of Christmas very well. It's a story of how God came into the world that desperately needed hope. And I'm going to remind you of the beginning of Luke's version of the story that contains within it the reasons why the message of Christmas is a message of hope for everyone. It's the story of Zachariah, Elizabeth and Mary that you can read for yourselves in Luke chapter 1. Now, Zachariah was a priest and Elizabeth was also of priestly descendants. In fact, going right back through her ancestry, she um, was descended from Aaron, Moses's brother, who was appointed by God as the first of the priests. And they were both righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of God's commandments. They were old at this stage and Elizabeth had been unable to have children, which was a sadness in both of their lives. They lived in the hill country of Judea, not too far from Jerusalem. And we pick up the story during a week when Zechariah's division of priests was on duty in the temple. Zechariah was chosen by Lot to burn incense in the inner sanctuary while huge gathering of people was outside of that sanctuary praying and while he was burning the incense an angel appeared at the right side of the altar and Zechariah had the shock of his life. Now the angel said don't be afraid Zechariah God has heard your prayer your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son imagine how long he'd been praying that you are to name him John. This boy is going to bring you and others great joy. He will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will even be filled with the Holy Spirit before his birth. He's going to turn many people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Now, Zechariah, having heard all this, uh, said, well, how can I be sure this will happen? And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Since you didn't believe, then you're going to be unable to speak until the child is born. Conversation ends, the angel goes, and Zachariah comes back to the congregation of people who'd been praying, wondering why on earth he was taking so long to burn the incense. Well, they clearly saw that something uh, remarkable had happened because he couldn't speak and he gestured, and I don't know how he gestured, but tried to signal to them that something had happened. And in the midst of all of that, uh, they came to the conclusion that he'd either seen a vision or had some encounter with God that could be of some significance. So after the week of serving in the temple, Zachariah went home. And in due course, uh, Elizabeth became pregnant. And once she realised she was pregnant, she secluded herself for five months. Now, when Elizabeth was six months into her pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel again, but this time to Nazareth in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to Joseph, a descendant of King David. 
And the greeting from Gabriel was, greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Now, Mary didn't say anything at this point, but she was confused and disturbed. And Gabriel said this to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, Mary asked, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And Gabriel replied, saying this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And then Angel Gabriel told Mary the news about her relative Elizabeth being pregnant. And what's more, your relative uh, Elizabeth is now in her sixth month. And he concludes, for nothing will be impossible with God. Well, Mary just responded very simply, but very profoundly. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Oh, let's uh, really respond to the same God's word in the same way that Mary did just trusting and then obeying. Well, a few days later, Mary rushed down to visit and stay with Elizabeth and Zachariah. And as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, as she came to the house, the baby within Elizabeth's wombs leapt and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And spontaneously, she spoke a blessing over Mary, calling her the mother of my Lord. And Mary responded with a wonderful uh, praise to God, now often known as the Magnificat. Now, Mary stayed with Elizabeth and Zachariah for three months. And you can imagine the conversations that Elizabeth and Mary might have had together during that time. While, of course, Zachariah would probably have been at home, but he couldn't at this point say a word. And then after those three months, Mary went back home to Nazareth and soon after Elizabeth's baby boy was born. Now, eight days after the birth, she and Zacharias took this little baby for the circumcision ceremony. Now, the custom was always to name the child at that particular point, And the custom would also have been normally to name the child after firstborn son, after uh, his father or indeed otherwise a close relative. But Elizabeth astounded them when she said his name is John. And seeing that the people were unconvinced, Zachariah then beckoned for them to hand over a writing tablet and he wrote, his name is John. And as he got to the last little curve on the last letter of the word John, his mouth was opened, his voice began to speak, and he began to speak immediately the praises of God. 
And the people were astonished and realised that here was something holy, that here was a moment when maybe heaven was touching earth, when something special was happening and maybe through this child was about was, was going to happen. And news about this spread through all the towns and villages across the hills of uh, Judea. Now, soon after this, Zechariah prophesied. Now, bear in mind, Zechariah was a priest. He was well-schooled in the scriptures. He'd had a dramatic visitation from the angel Gabriel. He'd had plenty of time to ponder. He'd had, had Mary with him and Elizabeth uh, for three months, no doubt, talking through again and again with Mary all the events that they were experiencing, what the angel said and so forth. And with his little baby son, at least in sight or maybe in his arms, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Now, that's an amazing prophecy. And there are some phrases from this prophecy that illustrate why the Christmas story is a story of hope. And the first is, it's a story of hope in the tender mercy of God. Have you ever been in a car that broke down on the motorway? Uh, I know I've had that experience once or twice. And uh, the, the feeling is once you've rung up the emergency services, the rescue company that you've got a subscription with, you're just sitting there waiting and waiting and thinking, I hope the car mechanic will turn up soon and rescue me, sort the car out. Or if you've ever had an emergency at home, maybe uh, your boiler has stopped working in winter and it's got very cold and you've rung up and you're just hoping that the heating engineer will come soon. And when the skilled professional turns up in that kind of circumstance, there's great relief and it's, it's like you've been saved. They've saved you from... Uh, the difficult situation you were in. Recently, I, I've never heard the words saviour and saved used so frequently on the media, mostly, unsurprisingly, to do with the vaccine. And uh, people, not just in this nation, but across the world, actually needing to be saved from the virus and its effects. But here, Zacharias is talking about the saviour of the world. And he's saying, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. To be rescued, someone has to come near. They have to visit you. If you're stuck in your car, then the car mechanic has to come to where you are to sort the problem out. If your boiler goes wrong, then the heating engineer has to come to your house to where you are in order to fix it. If you're due to get the vaccine to save you from the virus, then you're going to have to allow a nurse or a, a health professional uh, to come right alongside you, right to your arm, and actually put a needle in there in order for you to receive that vaccination. And the Christmas story is just that. It's about God in Jesus coming very near indeed to mankind. Thinking back to the situation where you might need someone to rescue you. If a person who turns up is 
kind to you rather than making you feel like you're an inconvenience, it makes such a difference. And the Christmas story is a good news story of hope in the tender mercy of God. That's how God feels about us. Because of God's tender mercy, Zechariah prophesied, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. God felt tender mercy for us and sent his one and only son to save us. He visited us. God saw us in darkness, which in the Bible represents sin and ignorance, doesn't gloss over the desperate need that we're in. And he came to us like the morning light from heaven. God saw us without hope, sitting in the shadow of death, it puts it in the prophecy Zacharias brought. And he came to give us eternal life. And God saw us in turmoil and he came to give us peace. He did this by sending his own son, the light of the world, to come amongst us, to live with us, and through his death and resurrection, to save us. So the Christmas story is a story of the hope of God's tender love and mercy. Also, it's a story of hope for perfect government. Zechariah also prophesied this. He has sent us a mighty saviour from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. Now, through the prophets in the Old Testament, we have prophecy about the royal line of David, King David. Nathan prophesied directly to him face to face about this. Isaiah, later generations, uh, prophesied the same thing, as did Jeremiah. They prophesied that one descended from King David, promised to David himself, would rule forever with justice and fairness, whose government and its peace would never end. One who would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. One whom the Spirit of the Lord would rest. A king who would rule with wisdom and understanding and do what is right and just everywhere he rules. And his name would be the Lord our righteousness. It's the same actually as Gabriel spoke to Mary when he gave her the message about Jesus. In Luke 1, 30 to 33, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. We have a saviour and a king to lead us.
Now, we can look at governments and sometimes wish for better. We must remember that the Bible encourages us to pray for all that are in authority over us and to respect them while understanding that we're subjects of another kingdom with a throne upon which Jesus sits and the only kingdom that is perfect and and will last forever. Jesus isn't only our saviour, he's also our king. So let's live as believers in his word and not just hear it, but also put it into practice. And as we do that, the wonderful kingdom of God begins to be revealed through us and to people around us who see the evidence of just how good God's government is. And the third reason for hope is this. The Christmas story is a story of hope, of blessing for the world. Now, Zechariah, Elizabeth and Mary also believed the Messiah would be the fulfilment of another promise made centuries before the promise to David. Zechariah prophesied that the baby to be born to Mary was also the fulfilment of God's covenant promise to Abraham. So included in Zechariah's prophecy was this. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. The promise to Abraham that Zechariah is prophesying about is this. God saying to Abraham and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Zechariah prophesied that Jesus Christ would be the fulfilment of this promise, that all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of him. Paul in Galatians 3.29 says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. And we have the privilege of bringing hope to the world and bringing the blessing of God to the world as we allow Jesus by his spirit to work through us. Jesus has given us his authority and his power to go and share the hope of the blessing of God that is only found in him. So because God has shown us tender mercy, we are to show others tender mercy. Because there is now a wonderful saviour seated on the throne, we're to sing his praise and bring the blessings of his kingdom wherever we go. The church with all its flaws is still God's chosen way of getting his work done. Now, what might this look like for you? Well, you might be a volunteer for food bank or as a befriender to the lonely. You might be asking God to make you a blessing in your workplace. You might be seeking to extend the 
love and kindness of Christ amongst your friend, family, neighbourhood. You might be asking God for opportunities to share in conversation with anyone who asks you about your faith in Christ or a thousand other ways in which you might be making yourself available to God to use you to be a blessing to others. So that makes you a part of the fulfilment of the prophecy that Zechariah gave when he said that because of Jesus, we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. So however you might or might not be able to celebrate Christmas this year, let's remember that the Christmas story is a message of hope. Hope in the tender mercy of God. Hope of perfect government with Jesus on the throne far above all authority. Hope of blessing for the world because Jesus came as Saviour and King. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.